welcome in to another new podcast from Materials Performance Magazine. My name is Ben Dubose, your host, news editor with the AMP Publications team. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Jordan Smith, Senior Director of Technology and Innovation at Luminultra Technologies. Jordan, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah, glad to. So for folks who don't know Luminultra, we're going to give Jordan a chance to talk about their company and their technologies. I want to mention off the top that they are one of the winners in our recent Materials Performance Corrosion Innovation of the Year Awards for 2023. So that's going to be a focal point in our discussions today. But we're also going to talk about their overall role within the corrosion control and protective coatings industry, where they fit in, some of the market trends that they're seeing, and so on and so forth to try and give you guys a comprehensive overview of not just what they do as a company, but where they fit in within this industry and some key takeaways that perhaps our listeners can learn from as they go into the second half of 2023. So with that in mind, Jordan, I think a good place to start. Could you give a brief career biography of yourself and also tell us a little bit about the company? Sure, sure. Thanks, Ben. I've uh, joined Luminultra a little over six years ago. In my background, I'm actually a civil environmental engineer uh, with a background in water and wastewater treatment. Uh, I did my PhD at Dalhousie University in Eastern Canada and then joined uh, Luminultra shortly after. Uh, you know, Luminultra has been around for uh, approximately 20 years, uh, but our R&D has been going on for, for longer than that. And uh, you know, interestingly enough, we started in the wastewater industry. Our, our, a lot of our staff were wastewater engineers, uh, but we've really found a calling in the energy market. Uh, the test kits that we were developing, uh, which is our, we call our second generation ATP, which builds off of kind of traditional pen style tests that were good for clean surfaces, verifying uh, cleanliness in uh, food prep areas, stuff like that, and bringing that technology over to the industrial world uh, where we have a lot more interferences, a lot more you know difficult samples to manage, we really found a home home there. So whether it was pulp and paper, energy, paints and coatings, you know, we really found a home in that kind of industrial market. That's where we kind of started was with the second generation ATP, uh, but then we've started to uh, expand that into different types of services, including next generation sequencing. QPCR, whether it's whether it's as a service or distributed, and we've been kind of all things uh, all things microbial. Um, you know, we know that um, the little things in this world make a big difference, and microorganisms, uh, albeit invisible to to our naked eye, their impacts are are massive and have dramatic consequences. Whether it's corrosion and uh, asset failure, whether it's product spoilage, whether it's health uh, health and safety. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different factors that microorganisms play in our world. So that that's kind of the space that we live in and we enjoy. We're based in Canada, in Fredericton, New Brunswick, but we have a large U.S. presence as well. Uh, so we have a technology center of excellence in Baltimore, and we have global sales offices around the world, including United Kingdom, uh, France, Netherlands, and Australia. So you were recently honored with one of the 2023 MP Corrosion Innovation of the Year Awards, the official title for your innovation, Gene Count Voyager and Gene Count QKit Corrosion Portfolio. Tell us a little bit about that innovation. Specifically, let's talk about the origins of it. How did it come to be? What's the market demand or shortcoming that it seeks to address? Just walk us through, I suppose, the 
development and how it got to where it is today? Sure. As I kind of mentioned, historically, we've been an ATP company. ATP is a, a measure of the total active biomass, but it doesn't tell you what that biomass is. And over the years, we were always asked, okay, that's great. You know, I know how much biomass is there, but what are the organisms? Or do I have sulfate reducers? Do I have uh, methanogens? Do I have iron reducers? And that was really the origin is, is we kept getting asked for, you know, more and more often is, you know, what are the organisms that are there? You know, we can do it through sequencing, which would be kind of like a 23andMe style test. So you take mm -hmm. a little sample, you send it into us, we analyze it. Uh, but we knew that there was going to be a market for doing that testing yourself, um, in especially in remote areas or within kind of technology and centers of excellence within, uh, you know, uh, different uh, different industries. So, you know, that's, that's really kind of the origin of that. So we started to look at, you know, if, if we were to do a corrosion panel, you know, what organisms should we be focused on? Interestingly, the, the role of different types of organisms have been sometimes understated historically because of our ability to measure them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've talked a lot about sulfate reducers, but we don't talk a lot about methanogens. That's largely because methanogens are really hard to measure using traditional culture methods. Uh, so if you can't measure it, you don't necessarily know what its impact is. That's the great thing about qPCR. You can measure just about anything that you want to, as long as you have an appropriate uh, gene target to look for. And there's also the speed of results. So if we're looking at something like you know, sulfate reducers taking weeks to get an analysis back with culture testing, then that's something that we can do with qPCR in a few hours. You know, the COVID pandemic has really kind of shown people that the power of PCR testing, and it's largely the same technology that we're using for, uh, for corrosion. Uh, so we have a small PCR device that can fit into a, a Pelican style case that you can carry around. Our Q-kits that we have for uh, for the actual analysis, you know, our, our history has always been developing test kits that are comprehensive enough to get good results, but not difficult, so difficult that a, a novice user can't use them. Uh, so that's kind of where we found that kind of found this niche is we're always looking, you know, our engineers are always looking for different ways that we can kind of simplify steps that might be very complex, but, you know, using some, some kind of uh, some ingenuity we can we can figure out a, an easier way to do it or an easier way to explain it to an end user. The, the panel, while it also includes some kind of, uh, you know, some typical targets like total bacteria, total archaea, uh, we've also started to incorporate some really novel targets like corrosive methanogens. You know, this was a target that ExxonMobil identified and published about a few years ago. Uh, they call it MICH. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not something that's been, you know, widely used in the industry. But that's the nice thing about qPCR testing again is that as we start to identify some more very specific uh, organisms or groups of organisms that are really impactful, you know we could very easily make new targets, new assays for to you know capture and measure those organisms. Uh, so that uh, the kind of total workflow that was that was part of the the innovation, it's really an end-to end -end solution looking at sample preservation and purification different types of assays for organisms of concern, and then the equipment to kind of support uh, support running that test. So what does the future look like? Just explain a little bit about where you are in the development cycle now and what you think the next few years are potentially going to look like. 
Yeah, so the 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 equipment and the and the current uh, assays are on the market. You know, they're available for sale now. Um, we'll be at show. Yeah, we were at uh, the NPP conference uh, back in March. Uh, we'll be at Ismos coming up here in June. But that has targets that uh, total prokaryotes, total bacteria, total archaea, methanogens, corrosive methanogens, sulfate reducers, sulfur oxidizers, iron reducers. You know, where the future comes in is is finding more novel, unique targets to kind of support decision making. You know, as we kind of see the industry moving more towards data-driven decision making, data-driven analytics, you know, more focus on things like Power BI and, and kind of informed decision making, we can see a world where the results need to be quick and they need to be comprehensive and accurate. Uh, so, you know, where it goes from here to me is kind of expanding that assay portfolio as as kind of research evolves to look at more specific targets to to uh, kind of drive action. You know, right now we, we can do the testing, we can get results. You know, there's still a lot more that the industry needs to figure out in terms of what comes next. And and we're we're really excited to be part of that innovation curve uh, within within the industry. You mentioned earlier about the PCR testing. Has that perhaps made your technology even more mainstream when it comes to, I suppose, people in the industry knowing and understanding it? Has that helped you at all in terms of just the recognition front? Absolutely. There's been a a significant increase, both in the awareness of just microbiology in general and the impacts of, of microorganisms on our everyday life, but then also just what is PCR testing? It's a term that a lot of people probably hadn't heard of uh, before COVID. Uh, and people are, you know, they now kind of understand what that means. They understand, you know, the general technology behind it. And it's something that, uh, you know, it's certainly kind of a global trend across all markets is people are starting to think more about rapid testing. There's, you know, they're thinking more about, you know, why am I waiting weeks for culture testing when mm-hmm. I could get a result in in hours? Uh, so it's it's definitely a market trend that you know it's probably you know the single biggest thing driving all this is is the des- demand for quick and accurate results. So what feedback have you gotten from users and clients as far as how this is performing out in the field and out in real world scenarios? Yeah, I mean it's been tremendous. Um, you know, we it's it's been nothing but positive feedback. I think you know where we have uh, had it in the field, uh, it's been extremely positive. You know, we've had uh, situations where people are doing testing to, you know, reopen uh, oil wells in Western Europe, you know, in response to the invasion in, in Ukraine for, for energy independence. And the ability to do fast testing has been absolutely critical. Um, so, you know, the general, the general feedback has been, you know, nothing but positive. I think that people are really looking forward to kind of this next evolution of microbial testing within you know, the industries that we support, you know, the feedback largely is we're just sick and tired of waiting so long to get results that we can't actually make informed decisions. We're just using test results right now to validate what, that what we did was wrong or right. But if we can get these results quickly, then we can make really informed decisions and become much more efficient uh, and profitable uh, as we kind of operate our, our system. So it's been, uh, it's been a really fun, fun uh, space to be in. Yeah, that leads into my next question. Where do you see the future as far as demands in the corrosion control field? I know you guys specialize in wastewater. 
and any particular market trends in that segment. Beyond that, how is your company developing these technologies and preparing for those types of demands or those market trends? From the market trend side, it's really interesting. You know, I think that uh, you know one of the things that we're really seeing is this kind of push towards you know a circular economy, pushes more towards um, environmental sustainability and governance. You know, trying to make sure that we're operating much more efficiently, uh, much more profitable. So, you know, the microorganisms have a big role it, uh, to play in that. Whether they're degrading assets, whether they're you know reducing you know, heat transfer efficiency. There's a lot of different roles that they play, whether it's maybe degrading product. You know, one uh, industry that we work in a lot is is the fuel industry. Mm-hmm. And with the push towards, um, you know, sustainable fuels, biodiesels, you know, those those fuels are a lot more biodegradable and they cause a lot more problems uh, for, for engines and, and uh, for long-term storage. Uh, so being able to quickly measure uh, you know, is this fuel clean? Do we need to take corrective actions? You know, it's it's so critical. You know, as we're having these trends for kind of sustainability, you know, there's also the trend of more heavy scrutinization of the biocides that we use. You know, there's there's not a lot of biocides left. You know, going back to that aviation market, there's not a lot of biocides that are even allowed to be used anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of pressures being put on industry from from the sustainability side. Um, but I think that there's also opportunity there uh, to look at our processes kind of holistically and determine, you know, are we operating, you know, at peak efficiency? You know, how can we drag those last little bits out? How do we increase from, you know, X percent to, you know, a little bit higher? Um, so kind of understanding that kind of general ROI, you know, I think that that's, that's really where we're at, where it's less kind of brute force and more, you know, kind of getting into the art of managing these systems, you're trying to make sure that you know, you're not spending money unnecessarily to fix problems when they become a big issue. Spend a little bit of money to fix it when it's a small issue. Detect it, fix it, move on. That's really largely where you know, I think the markets are going. You know, in terms of how we're kind of preparing for those trends, you know, we continue to do research with a lot of our partners. You know, we always kind of generally consider ourselves to be a solution-focused company. So while we sell products, we're largely, you know, we're engineers, we're scientists, you know, we want to solve a problem. We don't want to just do a test. Mm-hmm. You know, our job doesn't necessarily end there. So we work with a lot of our, our clients and customers to, you know, understand better what the results mean. How do we, you know, take that, that number and translate it into action? Uh, so there's a, you know, there's different kind of uh, elements that we work on there. So it's, it could be developing new assays for kind of new, unique, or novel targets, like the one that ExxonMobil identified with MCH. Uh, mm-hmm. They've also got other targets. They have a MCC that, they're also, uh, that they've also uh, been looking at. Um, so you know, those are really the two big things is new targets and then the interpretation of the data. Um, and, and we work largely uh, with, with different uh, companies around the world to you know, help interpret their data and then you know, turn that into something that can be, you know, simplified and, and uh, distributed out into, you know, the remote areas of the world. Mm-hmm. So before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like us to know about Lumen Ultra and what you all are working on both now as well as what you anticipate to be working on in the future? Yeah, we have a lot of, a lot of really exciting stuff coming up down the pipeline in the back half of this year. 
Uh, we're going to have an automated ATP system that will be hitting the market and, and will be launched in the back half of this year that we're really excited about. I won't get into to too many details, but it's something that's the culmination of, of years of research. And, uh, you know, a lot of these systems that we're used to working in, you know, they're challenging. They're really difficult. Uh, you know, there's lots of inhibitors. You know, how do you deal with, you know, heavy salt concentrations or heavy metals or biocides? Uh, so, so we'll be launching that product uh, in the coming months uh, for for an automated online system. Which there's, you know, that's another kind of general market trend is the, is the desire for simplification and online instrumentation. Um, and then, then some of the simplifications of our ATP kits. Uh, so we have a an aviation uh, fuel kit that's launching that's more tailored towards that aviation market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then a kind of expansion of the QPCR uh, platform to include, you know, more targets, more assays that people are looking for. So, the more more testing that's being done, the more we hear, oh, you know, it'd be great, you know, maybe we could add this on, or we could do that. And, and it's really exciting to be involved with our customers at that stage of of innovation, uh, because we are still certainly on the front end of kind of the technology adoption curve and the kind of innovation curve where. We're still kind of in that innovators phase. It's in the market, but it's yep. you know, we haven't quite hit that broad adoption yet. And that's where I think it's uh, it's really exciting, and you know the companies get to get a lot of excitement out of it too, because they see the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of internal IP that they can develop to help them uh, operate much more efficiently, and you know against their competitors. So how do they, you know, as they're bidding on contracts as a service provider, you know. How could they offer something that's unique? So it's fun to be kind of a uh, fun to be part of that and uh, kind of looking forward to the future of, of microbiology in the uh, industrial world. This has been really valuable insight for any listener that might want to learn more about what you guys are doing. How can they do that? Just use this as your opportunity to plug some contact information, be it your website or any other resource you have available for people that want to learn more about what's going on at Luminultra. Absolutely. Uh, Luminultra.com. Uh, you could also engage with us on any you know, LinkedIn or any other social network. Uh, we're, we're on all of them, but uh, Luminultra.com is the best place mm-hmm. to, to kind of see what we have to, to offer. And otherwise, uh, you can reach out to any of us on LinkedIn. We're always happy to talk. That's Dr. Jordan Smith, Senior Director of Technology and Innovation at Luminultra. Jordan, thank you so much for the time. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And that will do it for this episode of the Materials Performance Interview Series. For Jordan, I'm Ben. Thanks as always for listening. If you want more insight from us at Materials Performance, you can go to materialsperformance.com. Or if you want resources from AMP, where I am the news editor, you can simply go to amp.org and find all of our content there. That will put a bow on this episode. Again, thanks to Jordan for taking the time and thanks to all of you for listening. Please come back soon for another new episode.